off and the clock has started. This is 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. And that was my daughter, Carrie. It's appropriate she's uh, the announcer for this episode. You'll find out why in just a few minutes. Hang on, there really is a point to it. <laughs> but first, my name is Doug Prezak. Welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. I apologize, you're not going to get them back. But uh, if, as long as you're going to spend them, I'm appreciative you're spending them with me. Uh, and see, what else? Oh, yeah, and if you uh, follow on Instagram, that uh, little image I had there may make sense after you listen to this. And then again, it may not. <laughs> I never know. Anyway, today's episode is going to be way different than normal. And, and let me be way upfront about this episode with you. It's just plain stupid. Now, usually, you know, I'm imparting like a whole ton of stuff on you. Right? Not really a ton, but maybe maybe 17 minutes of stuff on you. And that's because that's about the limit of my research ability. The reason this episode is a little bit different is because there is a little bit of research and some historical information and then a whole lot of stupid. Again, <laughs> you'll find out why. It, just keep listening. I promise. Now, I'm telling you all this uh, at one minute and 21 seconds into the episode. So you can't be mad at me when you realize uh, 20 minutes of your life have just evaporated. You're probably saying to yourself, okay, Doug, is there a point to all this rambling? Yes, yes, there is. And this is how episode 41 came to be. The other day, I told a joke to my executive producer, my wife, and I thought it was hilarious. And then uh, after I told her this joke, she let out a verbal groan. Now, it's not a groan that kind of implied, you know, Ugh, that was really funny. It was a groan that sounded more like, how have you survived this long? But I know inside she was laughing hysterically. She had to be because it was funny. So you see, that joke had apparently crossed the line into the dad joke realm. Now, I guess I can't be offended because, you know, I'm a dad and I'm even a, a grand one at that. But it was still funny. But why did these, and I'll add hilarious jokes, get the moniker of being something only dads spewed out? Well, I needed to find out why. And so you know what I did? Yep, I did some research. And you know why? That's right. So you didn't have to. This is the backstory of dad jokes. Now, technically speaking, a dad joke is a short joke, typically a pun, presented as a one-liner or a question and answer, but not a narrative. They are generally, <laughs> generally inoffensive. Dad jokes are stereotypically told by fathers among family members, either with sincere, humorous intent, or to intentionally provoke a negative reaction to its overly simplistic humor, thus the groan. The first recorded use of the term dad joke can be found in a 1987 Gettysburg Times column by Jim Kalbach. On Father's Day that year, Kalbach not only introduced the term dad joke to the public, but he also made an impassioned plea to keep the genre alive. Quote, as we approach Father's Day, I would like to propose that dad jokes not be banned. They should be revered and preserved. Here, here, Jim, I agree with you. Dad jokes often derive uh, their comedy from puns. Now, it's a genre most kids grew up with and can relate to no matter where they're from. A pun requires no cultural know-how, no knowledge of social trends or world updates. 
You know, stage comedians, they need to constantly uh, update their information, their jokes to stay relevant. But, you know, dad jokes, they just never go out of style. And that's mostly because they're so resistant to even trying to stay in style. Uh, Comedian Paul Seven, good name, says, quote, dad jokes take the audience away from everything awful to something that is so neutral and inoffensive without even trying. Seven adds, you don't even have to think and no one gets hurt. It can also lead to the occasional honor. Did you hear about the dad who invented the knock-knock jokes? Yeah, he won the Nobel Prize. (laughs) You see why I said the show is going to be full of stupid (laughs) Nobel. (laughs) So why, why is it called dad? Well, at the beginning of the American history, the father was a towering figure in the family. E. Anthony Rotundo, you know, he's a historian, and he wrote a book in 1985 titled American Manhood, Transformations in Masculinity from the Revolution to the Modern Era. And there's some light reading for you. He says, in the agricultural colonial society of early America, the father's control of the land he owned allowed him to exercise control over the rate at which his children gained their independence and when and who they married Colonial fathers were generally considered to be the family's chief disciplinarians and the natural guardians of the sons of the family, while the daughters were more likely to be considered the children of their mothers. Now, by the 18th century, the move away from the agrarian living and the subsequent rise of cities and paid employment outside the home meant that, quote, the middle class father was less of a presence in the home. Although he retained his role as the ultimate disciplinarian when he was home. Just a few generations later, the 19th century father often found himself outside the emotions within his own home. Family letters of the time provide examples of the father's emotional distance. When fathers wrote to uh, absent sons, for instance, they offered advice and stuck to whatever other business prompted the letter. That began to change, however, at the end of the 1800s, when taking advantage of dwindling demands for patriarchal formality, Some men developed new kinds of relationships with their children. Such fathers expressed affection with growing ease. They sought close emotional ties with their children and enjoyed playful hours with sons and daughters. In the following century, many fathers stuck with the emotionally distant, usually at work, fatherhood archetype. But others, especially in the years after World War II, they tried to befriend their children and take a place in the main currents of the home life. This more modern ideal of fatherhood, where fathers play with their kids, kept them entertained and bonded with them you know, emotionally, kind of arguably facilitated the playful, joking relationship between father and children that's often observed today. And in turn, that spawned the dad joke. When dad jokes get affectionately mocked, they're often characterized as ultimately harmless, but only barely clever. How rude or indescribably cheesy or dumb. How rude again. Or they garner garner pitying glances, not affectionate smiles. Ouch. And there are many varieties of jokes that get called dad jokes. You know, many dad jokes operate on the, quote, anti-humor or the deliberate denial of a clever punchline. What did the farmer say when he lost his tractor? Where's my tractor? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm going to crack myself up this whole show. Others boil down to just playful, a willful misunderstanding of a situation for seemingly no reason. I mean, for example, I'll often call one of my kids by the wrong name. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's hilarious 
they laugh and then they correct me. No, my name is this. And we chuckle. But I suspect that later they're asking their parents why grandpa isn't in a home. (laughs) But if there's one feature that can immediately categorize a joke as a dad joke, it's wordplay, especially the unsophisticated variety. Examples, hey, do you know what time my dentist appointment is today? Yeah, it's at tooth hurdy. I warned you. I warned you up front. This show is stupid. So what makes a joke bad? Pretty much everything I've said so far. Humor researchers don't always agree, but one thing seems clear. The so-called dad jokes take what we know about joking and turn it upside down. And not just because they're horrendously bad. Dad jokes are a kind of anti-joke, different from other ways of joking um, in their performance and even formulaic jokes. Dad jokes seem to court failure presenting themselves as deliberately bad, deliberately uncool, deliberately anti-humor. No special kind of comedic performance or timing is is needed, so anyone can tell a dad joke. The jokes aren't new. They're the easiest jokes to understand, and no one can possibly fail at getting them. (laughs) A listener is meant to groan at what is obviously a bad joke, yet if they do laugh, you know, it's all the better. The much maligned pun is a mainstay of the dad jokes. Puns, whether they're good or bad, have long fascinated researchers for their playful ability to tell a micro-mystery with its red herring clues in plain sight. Why did Billy get fired from the banana factory? Well, he kept throwing away the bent ones. (laughs) While puns can be clever, the language play found in dad jokes is often excruciatingly bad, obvious, and trite. And yet... In their exuberance, they work in some way. There was a guy dressed in big rubber boots. He had on orange overalls, had a yellow hard hat with a light on. His face was all dirty with a coal soot, and he had a canary on his shoulder. He walked into a pub, and the whole pub went silent, and everyone just stared at him. But just for a few seconds, then they went back to what they are doing. It was only a minor distraction. (laughs) When asked why if people hate dad jokes so much... They also seem to love dad jokes so much. Psychologists suggest that their appeal could be rooted in the desire to take a momentary break from an increasingly stressful environment, especially online. So just sometimes you need a break, and that's exactly what we're going to do right now. Take a break. When we come back, you're going to feel like you're in a Henny Youngman or Shecky Green concert. (laughs) Shecky Green. (laughs) Don't go away. I'll be right back. This is Sandy Becker saying... Keep cooking with Crisco. It's all vegetable. It's digestible. Okay, I know you've all been waiting for this, and I'm going to add this caution. If you're driving while listening to this, I would highly suggest you pull over because one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to be laughing so hard, you're going to drive off the road or wet yourself, or two, you're going to be saying to yourself, oh my God, please no more. Make it stop or I'm going to drive into a tree. So either way, you're welcome. 20 minutes, you'll never get back. Now presents to you, dad jokes. What did the uh, drummer call his twin daughters? Mm-hmm. Anna one, Anna two. <laughs> I'm not going to get through these, I swear. <clears throat> How did Darth Vader know what Luke got for Christmas? Yeah, he felt his presence. <laughs> stop laughing. You're making me laugh. I wanted to go on a diet, but, you know, I feel like I have way too much on my plate right now. (laughs) You want to hear a joke about construction? I'm still working on it. You feel like you're on the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. (laughs) 
whenever the cashier at the grocery store asks uh, me if I would like the milk in a bag, I always say, no, I'll just leave it in the carton. <laughs> you know, if you uh, tell dad jokes, but you don't have any kids, yeah, you're a faux pas. <laughs> the abominable snowman gets called all kinds of names, uh, yet he doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> you, you know, you may have to play this episode back to catch some of the subtle nuances of these jokes. If you're not laughing already, you play it back. They'll be funny the second time. I uh, went to the library yesterday and asked the librarian if they had any books on uh, paranoia. And she whispered to me, they're right behind you. Uh, why did the, uh, not stupid. You know, see, see, I'm saving you. Some of these jokes are so stupid. I can't even in, in good conscience say them to you. Um, you know, the shovel, that was a groundbreaking invention. I was watching a concert last night by their Bermuda Philharmonic Orchestra when uh, suddenly the guy in the triangle disappeared. <laughs> in a uh, Catholic school cafeteria, a nun placed a note in front of a pile of apples and the note said, only take one, God is watching. A little further down the line, there's a pile of cookies. Somebody put a note there and said, take all you want. God's watching the apples. <laughs> oh, five out of four people admit they're uh, bad with fractions. <laughs> I would avoid the sushi if I was you. It's a little fishy. Oh, God, these are getting stupider by the second. What do you call a fish with two knees? Uh, Toonie fish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, the uh, rotation of the earth. Yeah, that really makes my day. <laughs> I thought about going on an all almond diet, but that's just nuts. <laughs> What's black and white goes around and around and around. That's a penguin in a revolving door. <laughs> Two whales walk into a bar. The first one says, <laughs> the next whale says, shut up, Steve, you're drunk. Oh, I'm so sorry. Why are you people still listening to this? <laughs> but how about some props for that whale impersonation? Does uh, anyone need an arc? I, I know a guy. <laughs> I, I'm pretty certain you've heard about the restaurant on the moon. Yeah, great food. No atmosphere. Uh, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it's apparent. <laughs> My friend keeps saying, cheer up, man. It could be worse. You could be stuck underground in a hole full of water. I know he means well. <laughs> I tried to uh, sue the airport for misplacing my luggage, but I lost my case. Okay, you'll be glad you stuck around for this one. <laughs> Here, listen to this one. The teacher asked little Johnny if he knew his numbers, and Johnny very proudly said, yes, he did. His father taught him. Good. Well, what comes after three? Four, said Johnny. Well, what comes after six? Seven, said Johnny. Very good, the teacher said. Your dad did a really good job. And what comes after ten? And Johnny replied, Jack. <laughs> I was watching a program last night on the National Geographic Channel. It was about uh, beavers. It was the uh, best damn program I've ever seen. <laughs> and now for the philosophical portion of our program. Time flies like an arrow fruit flies like a banana i ordered a chicken and an egg from amazon i'll let you know <laughs> that right there is what you call a slow burn joke you'll be hysterically laughing in a couple of minutes someone stole my mood ring i'm not sure i feel about that 
<laughs> a kid finds a magical lamp. He rubs a lamp and the genie appears and says, what is your first wish? The kid says, I wish I were rich. The genie says, it is done. What's your second wish, rich? <laughs> what do the buffalo say when his son left for college? Bye, son. I'm thinking about removing my spine. I feel like it's only holding me back. Why couldn't the uh, bicycle stand up by itself? Yeah, you know, it's just too tired. <laughs> I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It is absolutely impossible to put down. <laughs> what did the grape do when he got stepped on? He let out a little whine. <laughs> One day, a man with an elephant walks into a movie theater. I'm afraid I can't let your elephant in here, sir, the manager said. Oh, I assure you, he's very well behaved, the man said. All right, then, the manager says, if you're sure. Well, after the movie, the manager says to the man, I am very surprised. Your elephant was very well behaved, and he seemed to even enjoy the movie. The man said, yes, I was surprised, too. He hated the book. <laughs> I wouldn't buy anything with Velcro. It, you know, it's a, it's a total ripoff. You know, it is so easy to know when a ghost is lying to you because, you know, they're so easy to see through. <laughs> All right, <laughs> just two more. I'm not kidding, just just two more. <laughs> Bear with me, okay? You're already giving me uh, 17 minutes. You, what's two more minutes, okay? A wife asked her husband, could you please go shopping for me and buy one carton of milk? And if they have avocados, get six. A short time later, the husband comes back with six cartons of milk. The wife asked him, why did you buy six cartons of milk? And he said, they had avocados. <laughs> That's something I would do. All right. <laughs> Sorry for the snort. Here, here's the last one, I promise. All right. <laughs> Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi walk into a Chinese restaurant. Ten minutes into the meal, Luke still can't figure out the chopsticks, and he's dropping food everywhere. Obi-Wan finally gets pissed off and snaps at him. Use the forks, Luke. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a good one. Oh, my God. Those are some good dad jokes for you. And we have learned nothing this episode. So I'm just going to say thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Please don't hate me. I'm sure you've all lost respect for me, which is okay. And I'll talk to you next time on 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine, it's at 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com, and uh, you can... Uh, Leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take take a look at those two things if you like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.